All right. Well, here's the cold open. We're going to try this. And if it doesn't work, I'm blaming you, Jim. Does anybody know what in the world is going on with Kim Jong-un? He's not well. He's not well. Is this guy dead? Is he is he dead? Is he comatose? Is he alive? I got I saw a news story yesterday that said that he's perfectly healthy, alive well, Trump, and well. So Trump met with him last year, right? It was last year that Trump went over there and they talked and this and that. But I don't yeah. So I was hearing something about um North Korea missiles and stuff like a week or two ago. So he must be doing he must be doing something over there. I just thought it was interesting because I saw a headline the other day that said uh, Kim Jong-un is either dead, uh, a vegetable, or alive and well. I've never read a story like that. Why would he be a vegetable? Uh, Because there was like, uh, what was being reported for a few days last week was that uh, he was in a vegetative state. He was just completely out. That's it. That's all it said. It, and so they were talking about they were talking about his sister oh, taking yeah, over the country. We, or <laughs> what does she look like? <laughs> yeah, it was just. I just love how like I, I was thinking the other day because um, uh, I had just so happened to rewatch some of the news coverage of the nine eleven attack, and I am in no way a conspiracy theorist. Loser. However, um, it is a known fact that the United States Intelligence Department's. Uh, Knew good and full well that something bad was going to happen as of Friday, the day, the the weekend before the attack on nine eleven. So, and they also knew that it was going to be Osama bin Laden that would do it. Right. So much so that I went back and I watched. I think it was MSNBC. Uh, uh there <clears throat> I found it on YouTube, and within minutes of the, like I think it was twenty minutes of the first tower getting crashed into, or at least the news breaking in. They were saying, oh, we're getting news from the Department of, uh, or the State Department that this is an attack from Osama bin Laden and they knew about this Friday. That was like live as it happened. However, however, here we are 20 years later and we're not sure if King Jong-un or whatever the hell his name is, is alive, dead, or comatose. So, I mean, a couple things. Like, uh, what, what you said first, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the, the things that we don't know would blow the average person's mind and to think that we don't know everything is just ludicrous. It's just incredibly stupid. Um, but the whole, like, if you remember, I remember watching the nine 11 stuff, the day of the night of and stuff. And they, they had, they had all the intelligence about Afghanistan. They had cameras going in Afghanistan. They knew who it was, where they were, all that stuff. So, you know, they got, they went backwards and they, they, they backtracked from the day it happened. And, I mean that's a fact. I mean that they knew all the stuff leading up, and there was a lot of right. a lot of missteps taken and stuff. But I mean, there could be something going on in North Korea, but they just aren't telling us yet. Yeah, that's the other thing that's really funny is, uh, believe it or not, this ties into my irrational fear of bridges. <laughs> um, do you remember a while ago? I want to say it was like 2009. It could have been seven or eleven. I'm not sure which. So anywhere between those four or five years. Um, Bridges in like in uh, Minnesota and uh, and places like that just started falling, right? And uh, I've always had that ir- what I what people would consider an irrational fear of bridges. Like I don't like to be on a bridge, stuck on a bridge, whatever, right? And I would remember explaining to people, "Oh man, my worst fears come true is a bridge failing, right?" And and in particular, this this instance, a lot of people died, and it was an awful tragedy, et cetera. 
And so then it was under the Barack Obama administration. They did like a nationwide survey. Now, keep in mind, everyone is of the understanding and belief that it's completely ridiculous that modern day engineering would ever have a bridge that would just be faulty or, or able to fail. And then when they did this like nationwide survey over the course of like a week, they find out, oh, yeah, like most of the bridges in the United States are not up to standard. Right. You're like, oh, oh, well, I guess we just sort of take for granted if nobody tells us. Like, they all, we know the things that we think we're sure of are just complete BS entirely. So the fact that we don't know that Kim Jong Un is alive, dead, Un. or well, or comatose, somebody's got to know, but nobody's telling us, or they don't know, which is crazy. But why would it even come up? Well, first of all, only one, I think only one bridge fell. I think it was that one bridge that fell. Wasn't it just the one? One or two, but yeah, it was only like one or two. So what is your rational fear? Is it bridges over water or land or both? Bridges in general. So, okay. you know, the, uh, you know, the freedom bridge to go into freedom. in and out of Canada. No, the worst dude, the worst. I mean, it's certainly much worse when you're over a gigantic ravine like that, but, uh, but yeah, bridges are the worst. I don't like being on highway bridges, you know, like on ramps, off ramps. I don't like any of that. But my point was... Isn't that what Mothman Prophecies was about? Wasn't that about him foreseeing a bridge falling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like... It's like... uh, My point is, though, when they actually looked at it, instead of just taking for granted that all bridges are safe, they found out that, like, thousands of bridges across the United States were not safe. Right. It's crazy. So what about the bridges in Madison County? Safe safe or unsafe? (laughs) What about Jeff Bridges? (laughs) I don't. I can't play the bridges game with you because I just. <laughs> I don't know any bridges. bridges. King Jong, Kim, Kim, King Jong, <laughs> Kim Jong. So what's why mention it at all? Why? What reason do they have to bring up him at all? Right. Something happened, and we're not sure what it was. But then somehow it got so confused that by the end of the weekend we didn't know if he was uh, alive, dead, or comatose. Hmm. How? Do, and that's what I'm saying is like. What, what, how do right. we get there? How do we get a story that literally has no direction or conclusion in the news? Well, I, well, I think a, a big thing to do with it and just, um, over the, over the weekend, especially, we've seen a whole bunch of things pop up, whether or not, you know, not to play conspiracy theorists, but we've seen the health status and or good, bad, we don't know about North Korea. South Korea says he's fine. Donald Trump says he should be fine. I know more, but I can't say it. And also, the Navy just declassified some videos about UFOs over the weekend as well. Oh, I saw those. Feels like what? There's a lot of oh, distraction Jim, you going on. Have no on. idea what you just did for Jim's mind right now. I gotta Jim's go. gonna go crazy. <laughs> Previously on Broken Link Radio, some Chinese some Chinese squatter has our domain right now. <laughs> No, not those guys. I don't know. She was a mysterious Asian. Absolutely. Me play joke on you. Me sneezy your, your coke. That's the devil. Too. Why do deserts always have the worst names for places like Devil's Hole? <laughs> Where's Devil's Hole? Like Devil's Butthole, Devil's Hole, Devil's Anus. Devil's Armpit. Yeah. <laughs> Devil's Devil's Taint. Devil's Taint, Arizona. <laughs> It was like a Power Ranger flying around, like with with uh, laser beams. So, what does she look like now? Uh, she looks like a chunkier, older version of herself. Really, 
She oh, doesn't okay. look that much. The one piece leopard body. <laughs> but he's sharp enough to break into a hospital, <laughs> identify his COVID 19 sample somewhere in a lab, and make out with it. Broken Link Radio. What our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. Hello? You play to win the game. That's magic every show. We're here because you're looking for the best of the best of the best, sir. I have taken drugs before, and uh, I had a real good time. Don't talk to me, all right? Knock it off! You must not learn what you have learned. You or do not. There is no try. Moderately moderate, decidedly stupid. This is Broken Link Radio. Jim Cagley, what's going on? <laughs> and we're always, well, not always, but sometimes when he's on time, we're, uh, we are joined by Gabriel the Archangel. What's up, Gabe? Not too much, Brad. How are you doing? Uh, doing great. Uh, really quickly, I want to make sure that everybody goes to the website. Uh, if you're going to get the individual episodes or download the show as a podcast, it's at... Uh, Word, uh, brokenlinkradio.wordpress.com uh, and then also there's a link to the 24-hour, 7-day-a-week channel stream, which includes replays of old episodes as well as other content. Uh, so go there. If you'd like to make a one-time donation or help out with supporting the show, you can do that on GoFundMe. And follow us on the Patreon and you'll hear more about that as we move along. If I ever get over whatever death plague I'm on, I'll spend some more time building it out this week. Um, just doing the segment is causing me to sweat all over the microphone screen. So this, it's really cute what's happening right now. That's hot. So later in the show, Gabe, we'll be playing uh, eBay Price is Right, which is, uh, which is a game that I believe... Did you ever watch the video I sent you for the beta test of this, of this segment? Yes. Oh. Jim, did you, ever, did you ever follow up with the beta test or were you just trusting me that this was a good bit? No, you didn't send me the video, I, but I want to go back and look at, at it, but I, I didn't look for it. Oh, okay. All right. I thought I did. Anyways, um, it just reminds me that I just have to feel so bad for my mom sometimes. Um, so <laughs> she's got uh, two sons that are talented and things that don't pay any money. Um, <laughs> so so my Stripping? brother works as a pastor and, and he, doesn't get, he hardly gets paid anything for it. And, uh, and then I'm good at podcasting, which makes no money. So that's good. Um, but what's really funny is 
my brother contacted me last weekend, and he and he does a religious podcast for his church because he's the assistant pastor of his church. And this Gabe is a church that Jim and I grew up in. Um, and so what's what's sort of weird is that my brother is the assistant pastor of the church that we used to go to, right? Um, and uh, for a lot of reasons, I don't know how he does it. I, I really don't. But uh, he called me and he said, "Hey, man, I got to do this podcast, and uh, I'm." struggling i've got some writer's block for what to do and i tell him oh well i'm bouncing around this uh this this bit that we're going to do on our show so here's what here's what it was i tell him we were going to do ebay prices right which is the bit we're going to do today long story short i explained to him how to do the bit they do the bit um selfishly i figure well he's going to do it on this christian podcast which is going to be an entirely different audience than the one that we're that we're broadcasting to. So this is a good way to beta test the, the bit. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, if this sucks, then I can just not do it on our show and nobody will know the difference. So luckily for us, it went well, which means we're going to do it today. But the funny part about that is that my brother did a very clean and wholesome version of the bit, right? I thought it went pretty well. And then when I talked to him after the show, I said, hey, yeah, that worked out pretty good. Again, in the back of my head, thinking to myself, awesome. My brother was the guinea pig. Now I know that I can do this. Maybe do it better. And then I said, but ours is going to be a significantly dirtier version. And it's going to be, it's going to have a lot more penis involved. Uh, of course it will with you. Mental fact. Yeah. So, so, so I'm like, my mom's got to sit through her two sons doing podcasts, which is like the worst form of income ever on the planet. And then. One's going to be doing like the, the white knight version of, of that podcast, literally spreading the good news. And then there's me where I do a podcast entirely about dick jokes in the nineties. Does she listen to every show? Yes. <laughs> so give it, she's just, just the horror, the horror, just the sitting horror. there, just thinking, just thinking about the one, the one son that spreads the good news every Friday night. And then Brad, every Monday has a podcast come out. And just embarrasses himself and the family for life. <laughs> and <laughs> But sounds good doing it. But speaking of the 90s, Gabe, it's 90s day. Yes, it is. So I have provided Gabe with a list of 90s tidbits. And throughout the rest of the show today, we're going to channel the spirit of the 90s and look to Gabe to pick a random tidbit of the 1990s. So, Gabe, give us our first tidbit of the 1990s. All right. Mm, I love tidbits. In 1997, people sold Tickle Me Elmo's online for the reasonable price of $1,500. It retailed for $30, but the hottest toy of 1997 holidays season soon became a scalper's dream. Our mutual friend Todd thought that Tickle Me Elmo was the funniest thing to have ever been released in retail back in 1997. I don't think I knew that. He used to, oh yeah, you do. He used to laugh hysterically about Tickle Me Elmo. He thought it was the funniest thing ever. Well, why? Who did somebody have one? I, well, no, I think that was after th- they had already been sort of uh, it's scarce. Like they got, they became scarce very quickly, as as he mentioned. They they were like fifteen hundred dollars online. Right. But did he just um, have he 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 the idea amused him? Yeah, yeah, the idea <laughs> of Tickle Me Elmo, and then also wasn't. Wasn't uh, Jingle All the Way loosely based on Tickle Me Elmo? The concept. Yeah, it probably was. There there was all kinds of years over, you know, that 
the hard to find Christmas gift, like the Cabbage Patch dolls and stuff like that. So it could have been based on any of those. Every year there's like a hard to find gift, you know. Gabe. Yes. I just hope you're ready for this the rest of the show. Give me my next 1990s tip. I love it. In toy-related news from the 90s, people believe Furbies were spying on them. In 1999, people believed that Furbies contained computer chips so they could record words and repeat them. Obviously, that wasn't true, but the National Security Agency still banned people from bringing their Furbies to work. Goodness gracious! What was your favorite Furby myth back in the late 90s? I, isn't that I thought that was the only Furby's myth that there was. Oh no, no. There was first of all, there was the the haunted Furbies. Furbies were haunted. Right. Uh then there's uh there's Furbies that were saying uh uh they were saying like dirty things on the down low. Um I read a story si- somewhat related uh that the CIA was once concerned that Furbies were uh, we're, we're spying on, we're like a way to infiltrate the U.S. homes and then get, uh, insider information. So the idea would be that China exports a bunch of Furbies and then these American families buy them, kind of like what Alexa does now uh, in everyone's you just, house. You just stole my thunder. <laughs> oh, dude, the Alexa thing is crazy. <laughs> Alexa, I, hate- I would never have one of those. I hate voice activated anything. Right, but they're not even useful. I can't. I wouldn't. The things that Alexa does, I wouldn't even like have a use for any of that. Do you know that you can just say Alexa, start playing farts, and it'll just start. <laughs> it'll start playing <laughs> fart noises, right? But then maybe I do. My grandma, by the way, my grandma, by the way, thinks this is the the height of comedy. My of grandma will does. just be like, Alexa, play a fart, right? So then Alexa <laughs> will play a fart. But not only does she play a fart, she'll then comment about it. She'll be like, she'll play a fart, fart noise, and then say, that was a juicy one. <laughs> I hate that thing. <laughs> I find it hard to believe the NSA didn't know what was going on with these things. That's That just right there makes it sound like a myth. Yeah, right. The the Furby thing? Um, yeah. I remember. I remember that Furbies used to repeat. The there was a rumor that Furbies would repeat dirty things. Another '90s myth was uh, that you could get nude people in uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, the nudalities. Yeah, the nudality never existed. There was a lot of myths surrounding that game. Right, right. Um, but man, I now now that I was thinking about all these great Furby stories I had, but I do remember back in the day. Um, Certainly that that uh, Furbies were haunted slash demonically possessed. That was a big deal. Like, right. You had to be worried about the demon possession of Furbies. If I was a demon, I don't know that I would get a whole lot done uh, personifying my presence as a Furby. Well, you got the, it's accessible, the accessibility <laughs> and the, the cuteness factor. <laughs> I mean, it's, it who's going like- to, who's going to suspect it feels like I would much rather possess something that that could do some damage. So why not possess a computer or why not possess a television? No, I'm going to possess a Furby so I can <laughs> well, scare Well, televisions children. were possessed in the 80s. Oh, okay. Poltergeist. Um, you know what else happened in 1997, Brad? What's that? Men in Black. Yes. There was actually a 90s tidbit that I omitted because I figured that... Uh, We would hit Men in Black anyways on 90s Day, because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? 
Gabe, what you what you may or may not know is that our favorite movie that we agree on, <laughs> meaning a movie that Jim likes and a movie that I like, I don't know that there's any other movie that we both like as much as Men in Black. We may like other movies, but Men in Black was was half of my time with Jim in high school making jokes and quotes about Men in Black. And they really should have stopped it at Men in Black 1. <laughs> 2 wasn't bad, but it got out of control fast. Edgar, your skin's hanging off your balls. <laughs> uh, like this? Sugar water. Are you idiot? I still bust that out all the time. I gotta get that on the soundboard. Oh, you idiot! <laughs> you definitely do. I'll put my hands uh, on my, my hat. What this? I tried to show my stepdaughter uh, Men in Black, and she got up in the middle of the Will Smith chasing. Oh, that's like five minutes in. You can't. I was like, this is not even what the movie is. You gotta, you gotta stick with it. I, I can, um, I can accept that you might bail on Men in Black if you don't know that it's awesome, but you might bail on Men in Black leading up to the written test because there's not a whole lot going on up until that point, right? And and also the dry humor of of scooting the table around. That's not <laughs> for that everybody. <laughs> Yeah, How can oh, that not it's be great. forever? It's not dry humor. That's that's wet humor. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I had a little bit of an episode over this last weekend. Um, something that we've talked about previously is my uh, my passion and uh, and my name my responsibility to set the consumer straight when they're out of line. And particularly it's effective when I'm not involved in the transaction because I am the person outside of the the conflict, right? So I'm an arbiter of sorts. So I'm going through the drive-thru at Taco Bell oh, the, over this last weekend. And uh, the guy in front of me, this is honestly, and I mean, there's no exaggeration in this story whatsoever. There's nothing for me to pump it up to make it sound better. This is exactly how it went. The guy, uh, the guy doing the drive-through gets on and goes, "Hi, welcome to Taco Bell. How's your day going today? Can I get your order started?" How's your day going today? <laughs> the customer in the car in front of us yells loudly, so loud enough that I can hear him in my car, even though he's a car ahead of me and he's not talking in my direction. He goes, "Well, <laughs> first of all, you can lower your volume. No reason to yell at me." <laughs> How old is this guy? Dude, stereotype. He's got a Marine sticker on the back of his car. He's got a Trump tag on the back. He's got a Trump bumper sticker. He's this stereotypical... 60s. Got, he's, got a, he's got a mustache, and he's got the horseshoe bald head. You know? Yep. He's that guy. He's that Rochester guy, uh, you know, who think He thinks he's a tough guy, but he's 57, and he doesn't have a whole lot going on. If it's Of course, it's a white pickup, you know? Because why why get miles to gallon on your car where you can just like ruin ruin everything for everybody with a truck? So he thinks he's a big deal. He's not. But I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get this guy. So I pull up. I pull up and uh the guy the guy does the same spiel for me. Hi, welcome to Taco Bell. How's your day going today? And uh can I get your order? And I go, Well, buddy, I just wanna let you know. That you can speak as loudly as you like, because that guy in front of us is a 
fucking retard. <laughs> and I said it loudly in the hopes that the guy in front of me would hear it just so he knew how out of line he was, right? And so the guy the guy in Taco Bell goes, he starts going like this. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> and then he just puts me on mute. Like he just, I don't know what he did, but my assumption is that he probably turned around to everybody and said, dude, you won't believe what this guy just said in the drive-thru and then told him the story. So I'm really proud of myself. I'm thinking, oh, got him, right? Nailed it. This guy is finally getting, like, this guy is getting reprimanded correctly. He's been shown passively aggressively that what he, his behavior is unacceptable. And I've never understood why people immediately give customer service workers of really any background a hard time from the beginning. Like, I understand when you give a customer service person a hard time after they've made multiple mistakes or they fail to rectify something or, or provide the service they've asked for or you've asked for. But I don't understand really with any two, two individuals. I don't know about you, Jim, but have you ever had a, had an interaction that started with somebody saying, first of all, and then that conversation turned into something productive at some point. Pro I don't know, probably at some point, but, but to go back to your question, I think it's the, <laughs> to get, prejudiced a little bit i think it's probably has to do with the elderly I, okay. I've, I i've noticed a lot of old people kind of preempt conversations or confrontations that way where they just off the bat they just think like almost superiority right and are looking right. down on the person and or maybe they're expecting things to go wrong preemptively so they're right. just kind of like getting their frustrations out right away right. And, the, and the funny thing is is why would what about why don't you have the self-awareness to understand that although the person at the other end of this at the other end of this interaction, the person you're worried about, you know, creating or being a problem will be a problem if that's how you start the interaction. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the lack of self-awareness to do that and what I understand what you're saying. It may that may have happened in your life, but I don't know of any time, including myself. When I've ever started a conversation with somebody by saying, first of all, I never had anything productive or constructive to say afterwards. It was always the beginning of a fight. I do it with my wife all the time. <laughs> but so so you don't know what happened. So I, I don't know if you're finished with the story yet, but my as I was listening to you tell the story, I thought where you were going with this was was that the worker thought that you, like maybe the, the speaker cut out and he thought that you were talking to him. Uh-huh. And calling him that because oh. <laughs> maybe something cut out. And, and so he was going to get like a manager or something. <laughs> no, that's yeah. I see what you're saying, but no, that didn't happen. That would have so been you, funny. So at this point, the guy's like sitting a car, car length ahead of you or, or, or uh -huh. two or three. And, and he doesn't give any indication that you, um, that he heard you. Right. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to get to next, which is long okay. story short. And this makes a lot of sense, and you're not going to quite understand this as much because I don't know that you spent very much time in customer service at all, let alone I know you didn't spend any time in, in food service. But there's a certain customer who cannot ever have a single drop of rain ever touch the inside of their car. So even when it's the lightest sprinkle ever of any kind of precipitation, they <laughs> must roll their window up and down fully to move Ugh. eight feet. Elderly. So. It turns out that all my effort to really scold this guy and passively aggressively remind him that he's an a-hole 
uh, was all for naught because he had his window w- rolled up. Because he's, of course, oh, he did. He's that guy. He's that horrible. guy that had his window rolled up to travel the eight feet because he couldn't possibly wait while it lightly sprinkled with his window open. Well, there you go. You've you've said everything that I've suspected already about him, <laughs> dude. And- he was like, right? But he's your. He, that's what I was saying. He's like the stereotypical a hole who starts his conversations assuming that it's going to be a confrontation. Right. So did you catch up with him down the road? Oh, man. Dude, (laughs) the thing about those types of people is you know as well as anybody, and Gabe knows certainly, that not only am I comfortable with confrontation, sometimes I enjoy it, but I don't ever intend to start with confrontation. Does that make sense? Yes, that is 100% sure about you. So I don't don't know. As much as I like confrontation or as, as comfortable as I can be with it, I don't understand anyone who's like, I'm going to start off by being an a-hole because that doesn't end any other way. Unless he already came from like a bad situation, like 10 minutes before. That's the only reason. Not that that's a reason, but that I can think of that that would have happened. We got our eBay prices right uh, with, with the appropriate amount of dick jokes. Gabe, I hope you're ready to play that. Absolutely. eBay launched in 1995. The pioneering auctioneer site was originally called auction web. Nice. That's awesome. Dave, that was perfect. that's my least favorite thing about fax machines still being around um in offices and stuff is that it's like it's like being in a room that's constantly haunted because you can just be picking your nose or or uh sloughing off in the office or 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 talking to somebody and all of a sudden you just have a fax come in and it's been so long since the last time you had a fax come in because nobody uses fax machines anymore that it's like freaking you out blah you hear the the phone rings and also um when you have the phone when the phone and the fax machine are the same are the same line for whatever reason <laughs> it's like who doesn't pick up the phone and lets a fax go through that's not even that's technology isn't even around anymore i thought i mean i know fax machines are but right fa- you know that according to HIPAA laws, you're not allowed to scan and email medical documents that can only be faxed. Oh, really? Yeah. So that is that doesn't make such, sense to me, dude. It's so obsolete. It's so well, obsolete no, it's not because just that because I mean, a fax can go through and anybody can pick it off off the machine. At least if you email to somebody, somebody's got to be in that email account to take it. Dude, it's so bad. Well, I guess the argument could be made that emails get hacked all the time. But it's not like fax machines terrible. can't be intercepted. No. It's just like That's such an old school thing. Because I remember I remember going it I think it was like a do, some sort of doctor's thing that I needed to get done. And uh and I went round and round. I'm like, "Well, why can't I just I literally have the file you the documents you want. They're on my hard drive. Why can't I just email them to you?" Like, "No, I need you to print them out and and fax them." Ah, oh, that's terrible. I'm like, "This is the stupidest thing I've ever I've ever heard in my life." 
Remember those old crappy, like the handsets that were attached to the fax machines? <laughs> yeah, the ones that are still in the FedEx Kinkos. Yeah. yeah what would, was that to take a phone call? I, don't, I have no idea. To monitor What were you supposed line? to do with a handset? I don't know. Hey, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shove it up your ass. Plug it! Gabe is not here for the game that we're supposed to be playing. Plug it! I am, and in fact... Oh, there he is. You probably Gabe. associate Microsoft Office with your 90s PC. The program was actually <laughs> first released in 1989 for Apple Macintosh computers. The Windows version came in October of 1990. This is one of the first tidbits that I that I heard about the 90s that I did not know, which was that Microsoft Office was developed for Macintosh first. Because I remember when... Microsoft Office became available for Apple and iOS. I don't know. It might have been like 11 or 12. And it blew my mind. And then I, I found out very recently that originally Microsoft Office was, was made for Macintosh and Apple. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Crazy. Have you ever seen like those really early versions of Windows? Yeah. They suck so bad. <laughs> Were you, uh, do you remember, remember when we figured out how to make, um, hypertext? On um yes. on on like word files, not word files, but like uh WordPad files. Yeah. Where you yeah. could link you could link um you could make a hypertext link to other things lo- that were locally stored in a folder or whatever. So you could right. click on a button like it was the internet and then download a picture or or link to some other article. I'm not sure what the purpose of that was, and I know that it was not space e- space efficient. I know that it took up way more like hard drive space and bytes than it ever should have. Like it's less expensive on the internet now than it was in 1993. I used to love making those like hypertext links just for fun, just to be like, yeah. I can do this. <laughs> the coolest thing ever. My big thing was I used to love making batch programs uh, oh, yeah. for command because you could draw <laughs> no, you in them with ASCII text. <laughs> No, I made a really cool. You didn't even think it was cool, but I made like a really cool <laughs> Doom launcher that had like a Doom graphic that showed up, and you could press one for Doom one, two for Doom two, and then I like that. three for Doom Eternal, uh, not Doom Eternal, but Eternal Doom or something. Yep, yep. And I was so excited about it. I was like, well, oh, it's it's not that cool. I was like, oh, okay, Jim, whatever. <laughs> Is that what I said? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I thought it was cool. It's it's like the first thing I ever did that was any type of coding. Um. <laughs> Gabe, how many '90s? Uh, how many '90s tidbits do you have left? A whole slew of them. Were you talking about QBasic? <laughs> is that what you were just no, referring no, no. to, like, or just actual no, command prompts? No, QBasic. <laughs> QBasic is just basic, but batch batch files and batch programs are their own just language. the actual it's, operating system. Then you were doing them no, right. No, the, it's it's really just a way. They're called batches because really what they are is just a batch of command prompt um, orders. Mm. So you could use you could use a, a few basic commands to make DOS do certain things. Mm. So you could, but you could also do things like draw out stuff in ASCII. Um, oh, I had to mention this. Um, remember last week when I mentioned, or I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, we talked a little bit about the show feedback, and uh, and somebody said uh, they were curious as to when the show actually got good. <laughs> now it is, um, and it was because this is I was. Good time. I was going into detail. <laughs> I was going into detail about that MP3 recorder and such. 
Um, yep. I never mentioned how little anybody cares about the time <laughs> that I tried to talk about baseball for like five minutes on the show. Baseball. The, baseball. <laughs> it was like you, you two guys were sitting there with your hands, uh, hands in your pockets. And uh, like people, co- the, uh, the only other feedback I've received in the last two weeks were, Hey, listen to the show. Why, why are you guys talking about baseball? I was like, okay, I got it. Don't ever bring up baseball on the show ever again. Thank you. Whoever you are, Jim, thank you. Jim and Gabe don't care, and nobody that ever listens cares one bit. I was like, wow, man. People aggressively. I don't know why you like baseball. See, well, you say but, you're so smart, but. Well, right, but <laughs> I, mean, I, I love baseball, but I don't think, I didn't realize that people were aggressively um, apathetic, which I know is an oxymoron, but like yes. the level of disinterest in baseball is almost like intense. What do you care? It is because it's an equal and opposite reaction to the thing itself. It's that bad. <laughs> what do you care? All right, so Gabe, are you ready to play the latest and greatest in podcasting um, and audio entertainment, where we play eBay Prices Right? Yes, I am. All right, so this is going to be a best of seven. I've got seven items, and the basic price of Prices Right first round rules are going to apply. Um, anybody who goes over uh, will be disqualified. Unless you both go over, in the case that both of you go over, the person that is closest will win that round just because I don't have more than seven objects. So what I did is I went through uh, the some items uh, to purchase. They are available right now on eBay, and the, the listed price, not the bidding price, but the asking price is what we're going by in each of, the, in each of these cases. So you might see an item that you think is only worth $2, but again, we're looking for what the eBay seller has the listed asking price as. Does everybody follow so far? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and the winner the winner best out of seven will be the winner of eBay prices right. And our first item if so I can I have just a, bring it up here. I have a quick question, Brad. Is the listed of price different do. different than the buy now price? Like the buy it now. Uh, I went with just the listed asking price. I'm not sure. I don't. I didn't even look as to whether or not it was the buy now price or not. Okay. Ah, this is so 90s. Jim, did you know that in 1990, NC-17 became an official movie rating? The first movie to get the rating, you ask? 1990s, Not only did Henry I not June. know that, Gabe, but it had nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I want to guess. I want to guess. Okay. It's what the, is The Elizabeth Berkeley movie. Showgirls. No. Okay, how about the Dummy Moore movie? Striptease. No. Ah, okay, go ahead. 1990s, Henry and June. Don't know Jim, did you ever go to Blockbuster Video to rent Showgirls in I'm your life? I'm a dancer. No, I did not. <laughs> okay, I'm a dancer. You know all the, so, okay, so how do you know all the quotes and such from Showgirls if you never rented it? I've, I don't know any quotes from Showgirls. You just said I'm a dancer. I've seen the ads, like when it was on, the, like a commercial came on for it. But that's the only part of the movie I, am, I know anything about. I am about. not buying. I'm not buying this at all. That's true. Fun. True story. I went to go to Blockbuster to rent Showgirls, and uh, I crap you not, the cashier happened to be somebody that I knew. Okay. You're like, oh, you're renting Showgirls, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> How long ago? Was, okay, so the the '90s. Was it somebody yeah. that I knew? Uh, it is not. It's somebody that I knew through work because it was okay, like okay. 2001 or something. Um, but yeah, it was somebody that I knew through work and they, their second job was Blockbuster. And I was like, oh, it's you. Yeah, I'm totally going to look at Elizabeth Berkeley's boobies. 
and it's you didn't gonna be awesome. person ahead of time excuse me you didn't see the person ahead of time behind the no. counter no, for what I probably wasn't even like, you know, whenever you go to get an NC-17 movie, you just walk into Blockbuster with your head down, staring at the floor, kind of pretending like you're not going to go to the adult section, but you totally are. You know, you might wander through the sports section, then you weave through the special interest section. Next thing you know, you've got a naked Elizabeth Berkeley on your hands. I don't think my Blockbuster has ever had a, like an adult section. That was also the Blockbuster in Penfield where I had my second accident. Like your urination accident? <laughs> <laughs> no, not one in my pants. I uh, backed into somebody in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, we need All that right. sound effect. Oh, my God. Well, wait a minute. Uh, where's the Where's the Price is Right music, dude? You can't do this without that. All right. I'm doing the thing where I'm using the wrong mice again. All right. Our first item is... A South American shrunken head for consideration. And these are the real descriptions from eBay. For consideration, and I believe it's for your consideration, is piece of strange that will certainly be a unique addition to a variety of themed collections. It's a shrunken head that I obtained while traveling in South America many years ago. Yeah, right. It's remained in my collection for quite some time, but I feel it's time for this, for this piece to move on. And it's uh, and it'll be used and featured in someone else's collection. That's for sure. The uh, the head here features uh, real hair and a piece yeah. of hair atop the head. Chin beard. I don't know what a chin beard is. It's a beard on the chin. Uh, and even stylized eyes made from hair as well. Which why would you make eyes out of hair? <laughs> uh, and then a shrunken head. Ellipses. How how is that something people remember or talk about? Exclamation point. So. Based on that uh, description, uh, can, can both- the viewers, can, can the listeners see this picture? Like, if they're watching on, uh, yeah, if you go to YouTube, YouTube, you'll be seeing the you'll be seeing the items in question. So the first thing that strikes me is there's a serial number on the on the forehead. Yeah, I see that. It's messed up. And again, why do you? Is is that a typical thing where you where you make the shrunken head uh, eyes out of hair? <clears throat> That's that's really weird to me. Are, are the teeth real? They're in far too good of shape. They don't. They certainly don't look it. No. So weird. With very nice hair. Okay, Gabe, Jim, do you guys have your do you guys have your prices locked in? No, I don't. I've been thinking too much about this thing. It looks like an Oompa Loompa. And they should have a they should have like a penny next to it to compare the size scale. For scale. Yeah. All right. So, I'm uh. uh Okay, I'm locked in. Gabe, lock in your price. Let me know when you're ready. All right. Well, if Chris Wiggs invented the Polly Pocket <laughs> after making a dollhouse for his daughter in a powder compact, That's such an idiot. <laughs> popular toy line debuted in the 80s, but it didn't own the first half of the 90s. Okay, I'm locked in. <laughs> okay. Uh, on the honor system, Gabe, give me your price. Oh, $645, Alex. 645 Jim. Uh, four hundred ninety-nine. Four hundred ninety-nine. So, you guys have both overshot the wad by quite a bit. Really? So this will be going to the person who's closest. The asking price for the shrunken head is thirty-four ninety-nine. What? So that that will be a point for Jim. Oh, hmm. There's a very good deal on shrunken heads. Yeah, if you're in the shrunken head market, is this simultaneous bids? Like, can I reactively bid to Gabe's bid? No, you guys are supposed to be locked in prior. 
Because that defeats the strategy of, of bidding one, $1. 645 yes, and I one. Yes, I know. We're not, that's, I am intentionally defeating the strategy of bidding $1. Ugh, hate you. <laughs> the dumbest strategy in all, of, in all of games, if you understand anything about game design. Okay. <laughs> that makes our, no uh, sense. Our, ne- <laughs> our next item is uh, the Sweet Cheeks Cushion. <clears throat> it is a seating cushion that emulates a tram stamp over a <laughs> exposed thong. I'd buy it right and- now for 50 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Made from foam, it is made to look like a butt that is wearing a red G-string thong with a tram stamp tattoo of tribal art with a black heart. It's actually very 90s. Uh, great for black... Excuse me. Great for bleachers, outdoor chairs, or even great for gardening. This item brings fun, fun, fun to those that see it. And man, oh man, does it look real when you sit on it. Made by Big Mouth and blah, blah, blah. Uh, The review that I was able to find for this item says, Perfect condition and completely hilarious when I had my sister sit on it. (laughs) So these are the descriptions on on eBay. Yes. Okay. All right. Let me know when you guys are ready to bid. Okay, I'm going to go on my first instinct. All right, Jim is ready to bid. Gabe? Yes, I'm ready. All right, Jim, go ahead. $49.99. $49.99 is where Jim's in. Gabe? I'm going to say $14.99. $14.99, and Gabe is going gonna, is gonna to win. Uh, I'm over. Yeah, because you're over. The actual asking price for, for, these, for this seating cushion... Uh, that looks like white trash is twenty six ninety five, and we're on to our n- we're on to our next item. I say don't sell yourself short, but I kind of liked this one. I kind of liked this one when I came across it. This right here, it's uh, our our game is tied up one on one a piece. Is a fake positive pregnancy test. Oh, that's great. It's, it's a home pregnancy test that is always positive, ladies. Or excuse me, that is always positive, ladies. Now you can find out if you found Mr. Right with this hilarious prank. <laughs> will he stick with you if he thinks that uh, things will get complicated? <laughs> this outrageous prank will have your guy sweating. <laughs> or sleep with your married boss and watch him squirm. The laughs are endless. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, looks incredibly real as this was made out of a mold of an actual real pregnancy test. It even has the absorbent wick end part where you can pee on it uh, for a more real effect. Uh, one of the reviews states, I, it ended up not being such a funny prank when we found out that my girlfriend was actually pregnant. Gabe, let me know when you're ready to enter in your bid. I am ready. Jim, are you also ready? Yes, I am. Gabe, what is your bid? I'm going twelve ninety nine. $12.99. Mine is just a touch above his. I said $14.99. Jim is going with $14.99. So in this case, you were both over, but Gabe is going to get the point. Ah. The actual asking price is eleven ninety five, so about twelve dollars. Wow. So Gabe is very close. Mm. <clears throat> Our next well, item. I have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Our next. St- oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Our next item <laughs> is the Willy Warmer. And uh, it essentially is a mitten for your penis. Uh, You'll never be freezing your balls off again when you wear one of these babies. Great for a gag gift or for personal use. 
Made by Big Mouth Incorporated, a novelty company known for great quality items. Beware of cheap inferior knockoffs. We only sell authentic uh, items uh, with our silly, <coughs> excuse me, with our silly low prices, and we make sure of it. Uh, here's an important note that they wanted to make sure that comes with uh, uh, this item. It is not sold used and only comes brand new. Because uh, when you buy a penis mint, you want to make sure that it's only yours. Obviously. Jim, let me know when you're ready to bid on the penis mitten. Six ninety nine. Jim is going with six ninety nine. Gabe? I'm going with fifteen dollars. All right. Fifteen dollars for Gabe. And that gives the point to Jim because the actual asking price is ten eighty four, which is a weird asking <laughs> price. <laughs> now here's Here's one of those ones that's not really a it's not really a jokey type of thing, but it is relatively interesting. Um, the next item on our list is the newspaper of the last public hanging in America. This is the uh, 40-page newspaper. It's offered in its original historic and collectible uh, form uh, from the Detroit News from August 14th of 1936. The front page has the infamous photo of the last public execution in the United States. This photo measures blah blah. This photo was published on the same day of the execution in Detroit. In Detroit, um, it's a, considered a relatively rare newspaper. Let me know when you are ready to bid, Gabe. I think the carnival is just a. Uh, you know what, Jim? This re- you may remember. Remember the uh, the choker necklaces that made a comeback in the nineties? <laughs> well, throughout history. They've had different implications, like during the French Revolution, some women wore red ribbons around their neck to pay tribute to those who had been executed. In the 1800s, it was a way to identify prostitutes. So Because it's 90s day. Right, and that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, so I'd say I'm so ready to bid. I remember hearing that. I remember hearing that before, that like uh, uh, people used to say, oh, you shouldn't wear chokers because that's supposed to denote a prostitute. And uh, it turns out that that's true. That's hot. Gabe, what's your bid on the last fo- the last real photo of American hangings, public public hangings? I will say $41. $41 for the newspaper. News. So basically you're willing to pay a dollar a page. <laughs> yes. Jim. Okay, I came up with uh I came up with 3158. Nice nice round number. 31 58. Uh, Gabe is going to get this one as well because the actual asking price is $68. Uh, most of this is the most expensive item so far, right? So far, yes. Crazy. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> I bet you Jim's going to nail this because he knows way too much about Disney. Okay, right. right off the bat, I see that this is not the original image. Oh, no. Listen to this nerd. <laughs> Mega faggot. <laughs> Okay, we got to hurry this up. <clears throat> this is the original Merma- Little Mermaid poster. When Walt Disney Home Video released a Little Mermaid in- on video cassette in 1989, these full-color 24 by 26-inch posters were used in the promotion at video stores everywhere, like Blockbuster. Blockbuster. However, after outrage by fans and customers accusing the designers of using phallic symbols in the background, right. it was quickly pulled uh, from distribution and replaced with something less offensive. So, with uh, how much is the original Disney poster that has penis castles in the background? G- uh, Jim, give me your bid. Well, that's what I was saying. I, I don't see that in this one, but um, so this is this. They're saying this is an original. Yes. Now they're they're lying, but 
I would say let's go with sixty nine bucks, man. <laughs> sixty nine dollars. I was... And Gabe, what is what is your bid for the uh, supposedly original penis shaped castle Little Mermaid poster? I'm going to say eight dollars. They know what they're doing. Eight dollars. And the original asking price is twenty four ninety nine, which means that Jim oh. went over, and Gabe wins again. And out of best of seven, one, two, three, four, Gabe has beaten you yet again, Jim. How do you feel about that? Well, at least uh, you didn't give him like a three points in the, <laughs> the last question on this one. <laughs> yeah, I think I even gave him an extra point last week that he didn't earn because I think I gave him credit I for you said three. Hank Williams, and I never asked him about Hank Williams last week. Oh, uh, okay. He's a dead Jew. Do you feel better about it now? Yeah, definitely. Tons. Hank Williams is not a dead Jew, dude. He's simply dead. He's simply dead. He's dead, Jim. That's what says on his tombstone. All right. Uh, we got Gabe's news and notes coming up next, and that is uh, our eBay prices, right? Uh, it will take me another month to ever find seven quirky items on eBay ever again. I were the devil. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies, and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. 
Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. See if we can do this. I'm going to do a real live fade and everything. You ready? All right, ladies and gentlemen, who are today's news and notes out of Wilmington, Delaware, from the UPI? A Delaware woman said doing a favor for a neighbor paid off when she ended up winning a $250,000 lottery jackpot. The 52-year-old Wilmington woman told Delaware Lottery officials that she went to the Windsor Market as a favor for a neighbor. One of our neighbors who lives in my building and is a friend asked me to go to the store for them while I was there. I would figured I'd get a ticket or two for myself, the woman said. She purchased two Money Frenzy scratch-off tickets and one turned out to be a $250,000 winner. It was a total shock. Wow, you hit the po- you hit the post with that there, Gabe. Yep, it was a total shock because I wasn't supposed to go to the store that day, the winner said. The woman said she plans to put her money toward moving to a new home and buying a disability accessible van. Uh, Brad, I'm from San Diego. We don't have much hockey there. Was that a hockey reference? Hitting the post? What was what a hockey reference? Hitting, hitting the post? <sighs> I don't know. I think it just means hitting the goalpost. Um... One thing that I one one thing that I thought was interesting was that uh, number one, she didn't plan on going to the grocery store anyway. this was a trip that she was taking because somebody else needed something, that's cool. But um, she's kind of uh, n word rich here. Did did you catch Jim what she said she was going to buy with that hundred thousand dollars? Yes, I did. That doesn't add up, does it? What? Well, what do you mean? Gabe, okay, what were the things that she was going to buy with her with her earnings? She's planning to put her money toward moving to a new home and buying a disability uh-huh. accessible van. Okay, so how much money did she win? Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. All right, and then so you you immediately take off half of it for taxes, right? Right. So that's that's one hundred and seventy five. Then you're going to buy a new house, and that house is going to be less than one hundred and seventy five grand. 
Uh, it's going to be less than 175, half of 250. Trailers are cheap. She's buying two things, right? Right. So she's got 250. She loses half of it. To oh taxes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah now I'm sorry. Da- so now she's down to 175. Yep, yep. She wants to buy a house, a new house, which A means paying off her current house, and B, either selling it or whatever, and B, purchasing a new house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it All could right. be it could be a cheap house. A trailer. Sure. A tra- <laughs> How old is she? Where does she live? 52 years old in Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. Dude, I used to do recruiting in Wilmington, Delaware. That is not cheap real estate. No, anything on the East Coast is not cheap real estate. So There are a couple people in my family that are, are waiting on some money to come in, some fresh money, right? And what's really funny is listening to them talk about what they're going to do with the money. I know of somebody who's going to be receiving about $350,000. And she has already decided that she's going to buy a house in Florida, buy a camper, and move. <laughs> so when you add that up, you move, you pay your taxes, and then you buy a, a like you know some some highfalutin camper. You're fifty seventy thousand dollars in the hole <laughs> with your three hundred fifty thousand dollars settlement. Like, right. what is the impulse in human beings to spend money before they even have it? Well, it's good intentions, but th- th- yeah, it won't be long until they get hit with reality i feel bad this lady's broken she hasn't even she hasn't even cashed in her lottery ticket <laughs> from the associated press a welcome mat in the front door of a florida man home read florida man's home read come back with a warrant and that's just what deputies did before finding drugs and drug paraphernalia inside after seeing the doormat, authorities say that the Flagler County Sheriff's Office got the warrant. Deputies found fentanyl and drug paraphernalia inside during a search late last week. This poison peddler had a doormat that said, come back with a warrant. So we did, Flagler County <laughs> Sheriff Rick Stiley said. Investigators say there were four people inside, but no arrests were made immediately. The Florida Department of Children and Families were contacted regarding a child at the home. I always love the phrase drug paraphernalia. It makes me think like a a hat or a (laughs) t-shirt. Whenever somebody gets charged with drug paraphernalia, I'm so confused as to what that means. Like, is a bong drug paraphernalia? Oh, boy. Is a bong... Okay, it I is. Th- I think so. Why doesn't anybody ever get arrested for having a bong? They do. It's They call it paraphernalia. So if you have a bong in your car, then you can be charged with drug paraphernalia. I would imagine. I believe so. Why not? Okay. Because I've never... I've only ever heard of somebody being charged with drug paraphernalia with, like, hardcore drugs. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if you have a syringe... Like, a syringe is a syringe, Right. What I'm saying is, and you can absolutely use a bong or a hookah without using marijuana. As a matter of fact, that's one of the ways that smoke shops and glass shops get away with it is that, technically speaking, you do not have to smoke marijuana to use a hookah or a bong. Otherwise, they would not be allowed to sell it. Do they make the assumption after they have a charge, like a drug charge, that that paraphernalia is an ad, like an add-on? And that's that's why I've always been confused about that particular charge. Like, how do you go backwards and then reassess the situation? That seems odd. Right. I love the fact. So, what is what is your opinion on the strategy here? Do you think that the welcome mat that said "come back with a warrant" 
was an attempted irony to like hide in plain sight, or are they really just that stupid? I think they're that stupid. Yeah, that's what it sounds. I mean, like. it would be kind of a, f- a funny welcome hat, except for you're hiding a drug operation in the house. <laughs> it was probably a Christmas gift. I feel like that you might be able to have that welcome hat if you're like a doomsday prepper, but if you're a drug dealer, it's probably not the best thing. Yeah, yeah, good for point. your for your for your welcome mat, which is surprising. That's why I I wonder if the the thought process really was. If we put the welcome mat out there to ask for a warrant, then they'll never think about getting one. Or that they, these guys definitely don't have anything to hide because they're inviting us to come into their house or right, to come right. back. That's what I meant by hiding in plain sight. Yeah. I just love that the uh, the police department said, well, they put a welcome mat out to say to come back for a warrant, so we got one and we did. It's like, <laughs> oh, no. You imagine, imagine being in that house when the police showed up with a warrant. It's like, they really did it? <laughs> No kidding. How many times have they been, have they avoided warrants because of that that welcome mat? <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. Next story out of Vallejo, California from the Associated Hello. Press. A plan I am the great body Vallejo. A planning commissioner of Where I come from, we have no TP for my Vallejo. A pl- a planning commissioner of Vallejo, California, has resigned after throwing his pet cats and apparently drinking a beer during a Zoom meeting between city officials that was made public, according to a newspaper report. Brad, I believe you have the video. I feel like Zoom is like creating all kinds of problems. Like, like this is the new age of of social media problems with Zoom, and like not invasions of privacy, but just like personal faux pas. It's an exposure. I love Zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blatzer was also seen sipping from a green bottle during the meeting, the Times-Herald reported. After the conference ended, he could be heard making derogatory remarks. I'm going to call bull on you little bitches. According to the original commission meeting <laughs> video released by Northern California. Oh, so he City. left the mic on. Okay, so you know how when you end a Zoom meeting, as long as somebody's in the Zoom meeting there could still be audio being being sent one way or another. And unless you're absolutely sure that you're on mute, you just shouldn't say anything you shouldn't say. This guy thinks that he's done or has left, like physically left the meeting, but didn't turn his computer off and just called them all bitches while, they, while he was waiting for everybody to log out. In an email to this. So I want to see this video. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm bringing uh-huh. it up right now, dude, this, this reminds me of something else. Um, New sites are the devil. I'm gone, as much as people complain about the quote-unquote mainstream media on television, the media or news media on the internet is the most disgusting place on the planet because they will hit you with so many pop-up ads. Like oh, they'll yeah. hit you with an ad in the video while a pop-up ad jumps in front of the video and that has the ad on. Scrolling down and you get more. Oh, it's the, it's it's like a wasteland, dude. It is. I'm Don Alhart. All right, so here's the video of uh, this guy. Now watch. As soon as I click play, it's going to start playing something crazy. I'm guessing that the cat throwing the cat thing is going to be like a non-issue, like tossing him off your seat. So you're you're thinking that when he throws the cat, it'll be a, a much it'll be overblown. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's the ad. Are you saying that you support throwing cats? Absolutely. 
I'm not gonna lie. There is there have been a point. There have been points in my life where I found myself throwing a cat. I threw my cat, or my mom's cat, the other day because she kept jumping on my desk. Right. And so I threw over onto my bed. A pet cat. Look at look at this look at this page. Be a complete <laughs> dick. <laughs> All I want to do look is look at the uh, the title bar. Look at the address. Look at the this. URL address. Uh, look at this. Oh, I hate uh, that. Yeah, it is okay. I'm bailing. Hold on, I'm gonna get this video. See, so but um, Gabe, now would be a good time for us to learn more about the '90s on '90s Day. You can't anger bail right now on the site because it's already logged your visit. I know it's so bad. You know what? Actually, that is a good point you made, Brad. This actually reminds me that I love how Gabe tries to find segues in these. Eighty, it's great at it though. Eighty members of the crew for the movie Titanic actually got sick on the same day. Some were even hospitalized due to hallucinations. Totally related to this cat. It turned out that someone had spiked the lobster chowder with PCP. What, what is this on the set? <laughs> on set, okay. Somebody on set spiked the chowder. lobster chowder with chowder. Uh, with PCP. Dude. I wonder if Kate Winslet right. got sick. Here we go. She just may have. First brought you yesterday. Yeah. Can you guys hear the video? Okay. Zoom meeting gone wrong. <laughs> gone Hill wrong. Shows us a Vallejo planning commissioner is now stepping Public down. Public Zoom meeting gone Brian wrong. Hackney. I'm Brian Hackney. Like All right, here's the guy. Here's the cat. The city Boom. says it doesn't condone Commissioner Chris. I like how the cat makes eye contact with the camera and mugs and then it gets tossed. And the beer. Platzer was seen and heard. Oh, the guy is like uh, not what I expected he'd look like. We'll just say that. Cursing and using derogatory phrases. <laughs> Since the call, the city says the mayor. Oh, he introduced it first. Yeah, he actually just tossed the cat like you would toss a cat out of the way. He didn't really like throw the cat anywhere. So you were right. It's not a okay. he wasn't violent towards the cat. So, what what the real what the real issue was? Oh, here comes the cat again. There he goes. <laughs> so if if you watch if you watch this video through and and even the stuff that they take what you would say out of context, it's very apparent that this guy was drunk during the meeting, and I think that was actually yep. more of the problem than the actual cat tossing. So the headline reads: Guy tosses cat during during official meeting. But the bigger issue was that he was literally drinking beers and being somewhat belligerent. And then, obviously, once he felt like the meeting was complete, he called everyone a bunch of bitches. And then he resigned. Um, so the point that I was going to make is Vallejo, Jim. When you said that, when you said, when you saw when you were talking about this uptick in issues with uh, yep. problems with Zoom meetings, I know that in Fairport, New York. There was that issue with the the teacher who got in trouble for accidentally displaying uh, pornography in her Zoom meeting, and it's like, it's older people don't understand this medium whatsoever, and they don't understand that anything they do can turn into a problem when they're doing a remote meeting. So, I th I think it's 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 somewhat selective towards the it skews a little bit older, and this guy's in his late fifties or early sixties. So uh, the idea of a remote meeting where a camera and a microphone is on him at all times, he does. It, they have a hard time registering that even though they're in their home, the rules of right. an actual meeting apply, despite the fact that they don't have to wear pants. So when I would do work as a recruiter, I would also run. I would run into this issue 
where I would schedule an interview for a professional position and people would answer their Zoom meeting and like, yeah, Brad, go ahead. I'm doing some gardening. And you're like, no, dude, like, I know that you're 56 and you don't get it, but I need you to do an interview. Just because I'm not there doesn't right. mean it isn't a meeting. That's that's what the, this whole thing with working from home where, you know, people aren't used to this. Next. Right. And then older people yes. are, have a larger learning curve. Next. Because right, it was right. a completely foreign concept to them. It's almost ironic if you would say, speaking of Alanis Morissette's hit song, ironic got irony completely wrong. No, a traffic jam when you're already late isn't actually irony. It's inconvenience. But Morissette does note that it's ironic that a song called Ironic is not filled with ironies. <laughs> Touché. <laughs> Next, out of Baltimore, Maryland. I remember Jim oh, telling me that that song wasn't song. ironic. He'd be like, uh, it's not that. even ironic, dude. It's a lot of inconvenience. Next, out of Baltimore, Maryland, from WMAR, no nudes would be good news for the officers of the Taney Town Police Department in Maryland. It seems that someone is making life hard for the officers based on a cryptic Facebook post on the department posted on Monday. Please remember to put pants on before leaving the house to check your mailbox. You know who you are. This is your final warning. Some people who saw the post felt singled out. Once, Jim, when was the last time you found yourself in public without pants on? Do you want the official answer or off the record answer? <laughs> I would like the honest answer. No, I mean, now that doesn't count. I was wearing shorts, therefore I wasn't wearing pants. I mean, when something happened and you found yourself in public without pants on. No, no. Really? Like in boxers? Uh, right? I, like in boxers? Sure. Uh, yeah, even boxers. I mean, I might have ran out to check the mail really quick in boxers, but that's that's it. Of all right. the dramatic things I've ever seen. I, um, I feel like cartoons gave me as a child a false sense of security about boxers, because obviously when you wear boxers... The flap has no control whatsoever. The, the 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 fly just does whatever whatever it wants. But in cartoons, for obvious reasons, the fly is always shut. So, uh, I remember growing up thinking that as long as you're wearing boxers, it's fine. But that's absolutely not true because there is just no way to contain life when you're wearing a pair of boxers. So how out often in do you do this? Like how do? You- uh, I don't wear boxers, so I just don't. I've been pantsed in public a few times. Really. To, 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 the, to the dismay and discouragement of many around like, but, me. But it causes me to wonder who you hang out with. He's a fag. Well, you know what? The, that, I lied. I lied. Whenever I'm around Gabe, I just don't wear pants at all. So It's easier He's that way. <laughs> so also, Napster was on millions of computers around the globe. The music sharing program launched in 1999. Within two years, it had 26.4 million users. Brad, that is the news for tonight. Awesome. Jim, what was, uh, what was the coolest thing you ever downloaded on Napster? I never had Napster. I had that uh, that, that poor man's Napster. LimeWire? So, Kazaa. No, Kazaa. Kazaa. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> All right, what was the coolest thing you ever got on a peer-to-peer sharing site? Uh, I, I, uh, you got me on a spot, man. I don't know. Beethoven. I'm just kidding. I, I don't I, know. I think that the coolest thing I ever got was an unregistered copy of Microsoft Office 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Which was made for Mac. Back in 1989, yes. It really didn't go well with Microsoft uh, this, uh, yeah, XP? Was it XP or Vista in 2003? XP. 
I guess we'll have to save that for 2000s Day. Thank you for uh, 90s Day, Gabe. You have a good uh, week. Jim, I'll catch you, and we'll see you later, scumbags. <laughs>